You're listening to Fucks Given, the one about non-monogamy. Florence. Look where we are. I know. We're in a recording studio and we're in the same room. We're not separated by gallons and gallons of water. No. Oh my God. I didn't even clock that. I was like, wow, we're in the standard doing a recording (laughs) and they're like amazing podcast booth. But actually I'm in the UK. You're in the UK. And I was thinking this when you were looking directly in my eyes. I'm like, wow, we're not separated by (laughs) technology and a camera and, and the internet. Like we're actually... Like, I can see your real physical 3D eyes. Oh my God, (laughs) such a moment. It's so nice. It's so nice. And we're in this glorious recording studio, which has been lent to us by The Standard, which is amazing. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And that is because I am having my book launch here. Yes. Which might actually, well, this will be in the past at this point. So allow us for pre-recording some stuff, but... Yeah, I'm having my book launch at The Standard tomorrow. The or book. no, not even tomorrow, the day after. The book. So excited. We were just picking out our outfits for the, the party. What's the book called, Florence, for those people who don't know? Go and buy it. This book will make you feel something. Mm. Yes. And why don't I just throw it in at the beginning? Uh-huh. Give us a rating and oh, a review. Snap. Oh my God, because it means so much when you do that. The more ratings and reviews we have, the more people will listen to our podcast. Absolutely. As well as, while we're here, may as well join and follow us on Instagram at Come Curious because we are always asking <laughs> our audience questions. And especially if we have a guest on, if you have a question for them, then we ask it to them in the podcast. Yes. Super interactive on there and you also get to know what we're up to all the fucking time and patreon oh my god and patreon we're doing the whole shebang <laughs> no one listens it. to the end of the episode exactly that's why we should actually do it at the beginning every yeah. single time you know what? also follow us both on fucking only fans yeah come and see what we get up to on only fans if you want to see us naked if you can't support us on patreon then at least do on OnlyFans, you get something out of it, right? Yes. You want to see my well, pussy? If you want to see me giving foot jobs and sucking dick on Patreon, you get the episodes without any ads in, which oh, is yeah, that's which nice. is is a little bonus. Yeah. Although sometimes I forget to upload them. Yeah, and you only need to me. and you only need to pledge one dollar a month to get yeah. that right. That's yeah. one dollar. One dollar, anything. Yeah. Anything would be great. Yeah. Of course, you can find our OnlyFans and all the links through our link in bio on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way. Yeah. Should we we stop begging? Let's. uh... I don't mind begging. (laughs) Begging is part of my whole sex thing here. Like, please. Oh, please, sir. Follow us on Patreon. Subscribe to my OnlyFans. Please. I actually was begging during sex the other day. Oh, stop it. What were you saying? It's really cringe. I like. Oh, I love it. Come on. I, was, I, I I don't know. I was just like, please, please put your cock inside me. Oh, I'm really fucking horny today, Florence. So tell me more. No. <laughs> I get no. cringed. I'm, I get so cringed out of dirty talk. I'm still not okay with it, even though we've been doing this for like five years on the podcast. I mean, dirty talk is so personal and so intimate that even, like, I I even have issues with Do saying you? it. Of course. Yeah. It's what and my brain whole, is thinking at that time. Like, I don't want anyone else to know. The whole begging thing makes me feel cringe as well. Because yeah. I'm like, in real life, I would never beg anyone for anything. Mm, but when someone's so teasing you oh. that much and they're not putting in what you want in. Yeah. 
I, I also realized yeah. when I'm fucking, I can't come without asking for permission. Like I can't literally come. Anyone that wow. I'm with. Oh, okay. As I, yeah, I literally can't do it. I feel it building. And also I think I have a, when I'm coming, I, I have to say I'm coming when I'm with someone. So everyone that I've been with, well, not everyone, but mm. like a lot of people that I've been with recently, they want me to say that I'm coming yeah, when I'm hot. coming. But I mm-hmm. find it really difficult to say it when I'm coming because it kind of, Takes it gets out me it. out of my mm. moment. And whenever I say that I'm coming, I have a, orgasm that isn't as good oh, because fuck, i'm like the focus is like in two different places shit that is an actual nightmare i don't know what yeah. to suggest for that unless when you're coming alone do you say anything do you make no. noise no. no no sometimes i'm like moaning and mm. saying like what about saying anything but what about like when you lived at home no never say anything like, like no. i'm not very vocal during sex but i'm trying mm. to be yeah because do it, do it when you masturbate that's what got me into it I mean, I really like it when I'm, you know, giving head and someone tells me what is feeling really good for them. Yes. And I know that the other way around works as well. They yeah. want me to be saying like, yes, that's really good. Or like, it helps. do it like that. Dirty talk helps the focus. I was with someone recently that that had difficulty focusing. So the dirty talk just brought them back out of their head and into their body yeah. and being like, oh, you fucking love it when I do this. I loved it when you were doing this. Can't really say <laughs> Shit. Shit. Wait, who's hiding stuff on the podcast? Oh god, I'm hiding so much. Florence, it's eating me up not being able to say half of the shit that I want to say. But it will come. At some point I will be able to tell you all okay. some, some like massive truth from drama fucking soap opera shit that's gone down in my life. Oh my god, so you're not gonna tell us that? Because I was just about to ask you if you had any updates for us. You're not allowed to tell any tell us any of that. I think I need to be sensible with the two bits of information that I have received and take my time with it. And I'm sure I will share it eventually, but I think I need to just wait. Yes. That is the sensible decision yeah, I know. that I everyone's fucking... gonna hate you for. Yeah, who who <laughs> fucking knows that being sensible is I mean, I've got other exciting fun updates to tell you guys, but it's just these two we'll take bits it. of information. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take anything we can get at this point. We're gonna beg you. Yeah, it's like the biggest clip yeah. in the fucking world. Yeah, and we, this is like I'm gonna beg you to tell me that. When I told Florence <laughs> Your face, you like grabbed me and you were like, <gasps> I know. I was not expecting you to say something that deep. Yeah. I wasn't expecting something that deep to happen, because, but you know. Because yeah, even be. the thing that it's in relation to mm. is quite newsworthy. Right. And it's exactly something that we would talk about on the podcast. Exactly. So I think, yeah, I'm going to have to save those little nuggets of information and just decide when the best point of time and also when i figured it out in my yes. brain i need to have a therapy session about that is this. so sensible like, so sensible are we grown up i love this for you <laughs> but also hate this. but also hate you for <laughs> also it so fucking hate this <laughs> oh it's so frustrating what can you tell us updates wise okay. read a couple of little little updates oh shit no because then that leads into the thing that i can't say Fuck. Uh, I can tell you that I had a really incredible, amazing date that blew my mind. That's all gone to shit, so... Uh... <laughs> a slow nod over here, I'm like, yeah. Oh, other than that, I'm really horny. Still dating, dating, dating some peeps. Do you have any updates for us? 
Well, apart from being over here in the UK, I did want to be kind of honest with everyone when it comes to my mental health. Mm, I have been really fucking overwhelmed recently. Yeah. And on the verge of like, I don't even know whether it's like depression or just anxiety, Mm -hmm. but I have never been so anxious in my whole life. Like the overthinking, the overwhelm, the like, just the paralysis that I have been going through when Mm -hmm. it comes to everything work related. Actually, anything life related, anything coming to the UK related Mm -hmm. has been intense. Yeah. And I think it's maybe been obvious to all of our listeners that we've both been going through stuff. I think so. Like every, every episode we start, we're like, how are you doing? And because we want to be so authentic and honest with you guys, we can't help but be like, oh, not great. If things aren't going great. I know, but then it really sucks for our listeners because they're like, wow, this is a depressing podcast again. It sets up the episode, (laughs) just like, it's going to be miserable, buckle up. Yeah. Which Um, is not the case. No, and obviously we we always get into the episodes mm-hmm. and it's never like a boring one, but it's been tricky recently. Yeah. And You definitely haven't been yourself for the past couple of months. No, and you know what's really interesting is that I feel like I had this thing with relationships and sex where it was a huge distraction for me in terms of like what was actually going on in my life. Mm -hmm. So if I had someone to think about, if I had someone to sort of pine after, a relationship to think about in my head that wasn't going right, you know, like, yeah, like when you were over in LA, when I was over talking about Julian all the time, Mm -hmm. because it's like, I just didn't really want to deal with what else was happening. Reality, yeah. Yeah. So taking myself away from relationships in that way, kind of opened my eyes to like the shit that I've been dealing Mm -hmm. with in terms of like work life moving to another country Mm -hmm. being fucking broke all of that so yeah that makes a lot of sense right I mean we both use sex as a massive distraction as a dopamine hit it's like a drug yes we can use it like that So it's a bit like therapy. When you finally start recognizing the things that you are avoiding, it just hits you like a sack of bricks and you feel so awful. But it's only until you deal with those sack of bricks that you actually start getting to the root cause and start feeling better. And I feel like you're getting there. You've got over this hurdle. You went celibate for a while. You stopped seeing people and it hit you. And yeah. then now slowly, the more you're realizing and unwinding about it, the more like the relief and the pressure is there. Yeah. And I, I think I'm realizing the things that I need to do in my life to make changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's super important. So yeah. maybe someone else out there relates to this mm-hmm. kind of seeing relationships as the be all and end all. But actually yes. life is about so much more than sex and relationships. Yeah. And that's big for us to say, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we've based our whole careers yeah. sur- surrounding it. And of course, that might be the thing that is distracting us from what we actually need to sort out in our lives. Yeah. Deep, man. Super, super deep. Fucking deep. I just want to be dignitized and in dick heaven forever, you know? I don't want to come to reality. (laughs) Living in that romance novel. (laughs) Right? Right? Fuck. But I mean, is that just like our teenage selves? I just thought that's what life was about. I really thought that it was all just love Mm -hmm. and... That meant finding the perfect partner mm-hmm. that was going to go on that quest with me. Yeah. But actually, there's so much else yeah. around. Oh, we already have the perfect partner and it's ourselves. 
yes. Ourselves. Ourselves. And oh, I, it's true though. Yeah. As I much like as we I'm, laugh, it's fucking true. It is. I feel like I'm going to do that now being like newly single. I can't really say newly single anymore. It's like, what, three, four months ago? And it's the first time in my life where I'm actually not afraid to hang out by myself. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm actually actively looking forward to it and making time for myself. I never ever would have thought I got here in 32 years where I've always been obsessed with making plans, obsessed with hanging out with my family, obsessed with friends mm-hmm. and relationships and constantly being surrounded by people. And the thought of being on my own was fucking horrific. It genuinely brought terror yeah. to my soul because I was so afraid of what my mind was thinking and where my head was at because of bad mental health shit. And now I'm like, huh, oh my God, I've gone through the worst I'm of so it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So, so Thank proud of you. Because it's a Definite long journey to get comfortable being by yourself. Oh, I'm th- 32. Yeah. And people older than us will be going through this journey. People younger than us will yeah. go through this journey. But it's never too late. It's never too early. Mm-hmm. Like whenever it's happening for you, it's just the right time. Yeah. And you could even be in a relationship and be going through this. Yes. And thinking yeah. like, oh shit, like I've never really prioritized what I want. And this life that I have doesn't revolve around this one person or multiple people it actually revolves around you I think when the thing that really clicked with me was when I experienced the same kind of excitement Mm. and joy from something that wasn't relationships or sex and it was being at my car mechanics Yes. And I was like, like I got this is sex. I ended the day and I was like, <laughs> I have never felt so good from like learning mm-hmm. about how to fucking replace brakes on my car. Yeah. And that can't happen until you make that journey, until you start to find other things that also yes. might give you the same joy. And it's really hard. I mean, it's like going through this crazy drug change in me where I genuinely thought I would never feel as good as I ever did when I'm taking cocaine, when I'm when I'm partying, when I'm doing drugs. And giving that up is fucking horrible. But now I'm like, I feel the same way. There are things that give me just as much joy than I thought that cocaine and partying and and dancing did. Like going to a rave sober, that still gives me just as much joy. But fuck me, it took ages to get there and it's taken you ages to get there. Yeah, for sure. I've been single for two years now. That's a long time in our books. When <laughs> we've like never been time. fucking single. Yeah, yeah. Because the last time I was single for this long, I was 22. Oh I'm, my God. I'm nearly 32. It's 10 years. Yeah. How mad is that? That is mad. That was the first time I thought of it. Well, but anyway, mm-hmm. having spoken about not being in relationships and being single and being great and happy alone. Mm-hmm. But anyway, is- let's talk about... Mm-hmm. Relationships. Yes. <laughs> non-monogamous relationships. It's a hot topic right now. Right? Everyone seems to be non-monogamous or at least testing out non-monogamy. Yeah. And that can be really complicated for people who are non-monogamous or poly. But also, I do think it's kind of cool that people are experimenting with it and right? seeing that there is a light at the end of this monogamous tunnel. You are so right because it can be very isolating, feeling like you're the only person that really gets the non-monogamy thing, especially when we're so stuck in this world that surrounds monogamy everything that we were brought up with and taught like thinking about sex education movies storybooks like everything was just the romance of two white straight cis people (gasps) monogamously ever after against the world (laughs) (laughs) fucking disney (laughs) but also we're not hating on monogamy because 
monogamy can be beautiful and work it is for beautiful. loads of people. I feel like life would be so simple if I was monogamous. Same. Sometimes I wish that I had become less woke and <laughs> yeah. I like was just super naive about everything that was happening in the world yeah. and that I was like just monogamous, had a normal job, mm-hmm. all of that. Life would be so much easier. Yeah, we think though. This is a grass is greener situation <laughs> where we're like, oh, it you just would must be, be so fucking there. miserable. Nah, I don't. I always thought that monogamy was really complicated. I was like, I just don't understand it. Really? I don't get it. Yeah. Every, every monogamous relationship that I had, it just didn't compute. I didn't that get is it. So interesting. And I was like, but I don't understand. Like, where does the line draw? Can yeah. I flirt with other people? Yeah. Can I kiss girls? Can I do this, this, and this? So for anyone out there who doesn't already know, non-monogamy is the umbrella term for any relationship that isn't monogamous. Obviously, monogamy is just two people. And non-monogamy is a huge, broad term. It encapsulates like yeah. things from being poly to just being in an open relationship to, to being to like... swingers. Yeah, swingers. To, you know, your partner flirting with other people, to fucking, to kissing. Yeah. To Even threesomes. Threesomes are non-monogamous. Like Going there are so parties. many levels. I think that's why it's a bit confusing for a lot of people because when someone says non-monogamous, that could mean anything. And we've experienced this too. When we went to hedonism in Jamaica and we went and literally partied in Jamaica at a, a swingers resort, nudist hotel. That was fun. A form of non-monogamy there for a lot of people were a, a cis straight couple where the girl could play with other girls, but they weren't necessarily playing with other men. Yes. And that was super common there. Yes. And I think a lot of us have thought that that's, I mean, that is a form of non- non-monogamy, but a lot, of, a lot of us have gone through that stage where that has been okay. Yeah, that's why being a bi woman in a relationship with mm-hmm. a man is so fucking okay and yeah. easy because yeah. your guy will like hardly ever have an issue with you going we to fuck another that, woman. We say that though, we say that. And there have been times in my relationships where they've said they were fine with it. Oh, and then when it came down when to it. When it came it, down like, to it, eh. when they realized there was actually a potential threat there of me falling in love, because right. I think a lot of people fetishize bisexuality and don't see it as real sex. Yeah. Like, I, I think the people that I've spoken to and said that I'm bisexual, they're like, and I, I would maybe have said, so yeah, like, you know, it would be open to threesomes. They're like, threesomes, eh? Yeah, they see it as like an instant kink thing yeah. rather than asking you so what does that mean like would thruple be a, a situation could you fall in love with another woman yeah um, oh, I can never be in a thruple though that is non-monogamy though as well we didn't is, mention that yeah, one being in a thruple yeah it's like so so cute oh my god could you be that. in a thruple absolutely having two boyfriends that also love each other that would be cute I mean I want more than that but I, I like I, I couldn't too. time manage a thruple yeah I definitely definitely could well, I'm trying to figure out why I can't is it just because I like my alone time too much but you could do that you would just have to put down mad boundaries yeah and also when I'm in a relationship with someone I always just want to see them all the time yeah and it's like ah, it's addictive so two people that's the addiction though and also like the codependency thing I fall codependent so easily and if I had two partners yeah. I might fall doubly fucking codependent if I'm not careful I mean we're codependent so we are Florence and I are in a codependent relationship. <laughs> yeah. Codependent, long distance relationship with a baby called Come Curious. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking dr- difficult sometimes. Yeah. That work pleasure life. Yeah, we, 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 we juggle that. So what, what's your definition? How do you define yourself? Would you say you're non-monogamous? Yeah, I would say that I'm non-monogamous instead of monogamous. Mm-hmm. Only because 
how I kind of feel in a relationship is that I want to be in a relationship with someone where there's the ability to explore if it so comes down to it. Yes. So I don't ever want to feel like I'm trapping someone mm-hmm. and I don't want to ever feel trapped by someone. Yeah. I want to feel like... Maybe trapped is I the think, wrong word. Maybe contained. Yeah, or better. I think what I'm trying to get Limited? at is I don't want to ever make someone resent me yes. for something that they can't do. Yeah. And I don't want to have to resent someone else in a relationship mm-hmm. because I'm I'm kind of thinking of it at times of like, you know, when you're in another country and you kind of meet someone at a bar or like right. in an event and there's this like mad chemistry mm-hmm. and you're flirting and you might want to kiss them or you might want to see where it goes. And if you're in a monogamous relationship, obviously you just have to be like, oh, sorry, like I've got a partner. I can't, I can't do anything. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this has happened to me loads of times Mm -hmm. because when I was in a non-monogamous relationship with my ex, I wasn't interested in anyone else. Yeah. Because he was tunnel vision. Yeah, he was giving me everything that I needed. But I think the fact that I was allowed to was really cool. Yeah. And there was one night where I went out, it was COVID time, so like Mm -hmm. not much was happening. But I met up with a few friends at a house and we were all dancing. One of their cousins came <laughs> and me and their cousin just started like, you know, dancing together, oh. having a little bit of a flirt. Oh, and it was really fun to be able to just not even think that that was going to be a problem yeah. in the relationship. Because I think in a monogamous relationship, usually that would come under, that's not a threat. Okay, that's yeah. not okay. And not not always, but yeah, you're right. Usually. Yeah. Usually. So in my definition of like what I would want non-monogamy to be, it would be just having the openness for things to happen, but it not necessarily being like, we're going to go out and look for other partners Mm -hmm. consistently all the time. Yeah. But if it happens, it happens. And I want to be okay with that. Like the flirting and going to sex parties Mm -hmm. also. So that's that's it. That comes from a place of love. Yeah. this, uh, This idea of, you know, I would never want to stand in your way if you might have an incredible life experience. Exactly like, that. I want, to, I want to be there and I want to cheer you on and support you. Yeah. You know, like I, I said it my, the first time with my ex, Thomas, when we were figuring out non-monogamy, that's how we started. Yeah. We started off with the celebrity list of like, oh, if you ever were in a, had an opportunity to fuck this person, like I would give you that allowance too. And then yeah. that developed into, yeah, maybe if you're at a party and someone asks, to fuck or like you're invited into a threesome or even an orgy I would never want you to think of me back at home like (laughs) I can't I can't I can't do this because yeah they're not gonna like it like that could have been such a great life experience I think that's it I think life is such such a beautiful crazy adventure Mm -hmm. and we don't want to limit what we experience in life and if there's something you really want to try and really want to go for and if that's a connection with someone else it should include that right and I also think that sometimes just having the like idea and notion that you can do that usually means that people don't want to absolutely it like I'm exactly like this if someone says no I don't feel comfortable you doing it I want to do it (laughs) yeah I feel I feel the more I feel trapped or contained the more I want to explode out yeah and then and the more that eats me up on the inside just having the knowledge that someone and and someone I say giving permission in quotation marks because I, I don't think it's fair that someone should permit you to do something but it yeah. is kind of like a permittance like yeah man I'd be okay with that if somebody is just yeah not just giving you permission but also 
they are enthusiastic about the idea or positive towards it. Yeah. And they could say, oh, you know, like you choose. It's it's your life. Like I will support whatever you decide on. Yeah. And I just think that you've got to do these things, test them out to see how you both feel afterwards. If you're saying no off the cuff, then that's coming from a place of fear. Yeah. Rather than coming from a place of, well, okay, well, I have, I have no idea how yeah. I really feel in that situation. Let's give it a go and deal with it after. Exactly. And I think... Even the person that does do the thing in the relationship can feel weird about it. I had this incident in my last relationship where I'm like, is it, was it cheating or was it just that we were in an open relationship? Yes. Because obviously you can still cheat in an open relationship. Absolutely. And that's I guess why they call it, it probably, monogamy. Yeah, it probably came down to the more of the cheating side mm-hmm. than the open side mm-hmm. because it wasn't communicated yeah. in a way that was like, I'm going to be doing this Clear or. Enough this just happened or anything like that but in the time that it happened because we then had the conversation and they were kind of apologetic about it straight away and because I felt kind of okay with Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that took anything away from the love that he had for me yes I felt okay about it even Mm -hmm. though it was technically cheating it depends on how it's handled because I believe that cheating is just another word for betrayal, doing something behind your partner's back that you really know that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. A- accidents happen because cheating could literally be kissing someone. Cheating could be messaging someone. If you know your partner isn't okay with that, then it maybe even yeah. cheating's a bit of a strong word, but it's like the lack of empathy for your partner, knowing that they wouldn't be okay with it. Mm. You know, if you're stalking somebody's profile and they're like, please don't stalk their profile and you're doing that, then you're doing something behind your partner's back. And that could be just as painful as sleeping with somebody. Yeah, even if you said that it was an okay thing to do, mm-hmm. but it with just your... depends on the communication, right? Yeah, and with your situation, I think it's amazing that when you actually spoke about it, you didn't have any sort of negative feelings. I think a lot of maybe originally there was a lot of fear involved and when it happened you were like oh actually and it was probably because of the way that he handled it and communicated afterwards he felt guilty for sure yeah which was like what makes me feel like it was more on the cheating spectrum because I'm like well if you didn't feel like this was allowed then it kind of I don't know it was weird because in in the, the same space I was kind of okay that it happened yeah and like when I went to see him after he did talk to me about it, mm-hmm. we were just like, it was almost like it brought us closer. There was like a lot of like love and care yes. and compassion. And and that's what it should be like. It should be, if it's it going like, oh. to be maybe a mistake or something that both of you are unsure of, half the time it just makes people realise what they've actually got. Yes. Um, and you yes. know what they what they actually want because most people just have the fancy in their head that it's going to be perfect and it fucking isn't most of the time. Yeah. It isn't. We all think that we want to fuck everyone around that's walking. Right? When it comes down to it, it's fucking disappointing. <laughs> most of the time. God, ima- like the amount of disappointing sex that you have if you don't really put in the effort to mm-hmm. really initiate your boundaries and find the connection that actually works. Yeah. The whole communication thing around non-monogamy is so complicated and so different from relationship to relationship and person to person. If you were in a completely non-monogamous relationship, would you want to be told before someone was going to sleep with someone? Or would you want to know afterwards? Or maybe you wouldn't even want to know at all. I have thought about that. Mm. Definitely would want to know. It, I think the not knowing at all has issues in itself for yeah. me. Yeah. Because I think communication and trust over everything Mm -hmm. is better than just being naive about something yeah 
Well, it's hitting things face on. If you're ignoring the problem, then you're yeah. never really actually going through it and, and fixing Whereas, the problem. I mean, if both people are fine with that, I think it's okay. Yeah. It might work for some people, for sure. Yeah. But for me, I think I'd want to be told like before yeah. it happens rather than afterwards, mm-hmm. unless it's like an off the cuff thing, which most likely it would be. Yeah. As long as it's kind of said in a way that we both discussed. It's got to yeah. be discussed beforehand. I think whatever yeah. the case, you can't just go fuck someone and be like, oh, I thought I'd try being non-monogamous. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, as long as we're both okay that that's going to be something that happens in the future of the relationship, then yeah. it's fine. But yeah, if someone was like, we're in a monogamous relationship and then suddenly like, well, actually, I thought I'd just try this out yeah. for one night. How do you feel about it? And I think there's a lot of people out there listening to this that want to try non-monogamy. Mm. And what how we're talking about it is very jump right in the middle, fucking other people. But non-monogamy doesn't have to start like that. And I don't think it should for people who are testing the waters out and trying. Yeah. When, when I did it with my ex, it was baby steps over a long period of time, over years. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go fuck someone and see how you feel. It was like, like I said, we had the celebrity list. And then that moved on to questions and discussions and hypotheticals around how would you feel if I was at a bar Mm -hmm. and someone was flirting with me and they wanted to buy me a drink is that okay yeah I think that's okay okay well how do you feel if I wanted to kiss that person and this was over long periods of time and that's the same for anyone out there I wouldn't recommend jumping in and fucking people unless that works for you yeah I'd also say I don't know whether this is a bit out there (laughs) but if you're already in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. and you, you're looking to be non-monogamous or like one of you wants to be non-monogamous, I would say go to couples therapy. Yeah. I feel like you both have to be enthusiastic yeah. about non-monogamy for it to work. Otherwise, if one person isn't on it, you're just going to hurt each other. I think more people should go to couples therapy. Everyone should go I, like, to fucking couples some therapy. Of my, some of my friends back in LA go to couples therapy and they've been doing it for a year. Oh, And like, the they're dream. like everyone should do this because they're not going to stop now. They're like, we're going to be doing couples therapy for the rest of our relationship. I want to do that. It makes sense. Like we go to therapy every, every, we we have constant therapy. Why wouldn't we do the same for our relationships when they become so complicated and difficult? And therapy is just a space to be able to understand each other Mm -hmm. and learn about each other and learn more. Why are people so anti it? I understand the money side of things and the time side of things, but people almost see couples therapy as like, we have failed in our relationship. And that is no, not No, and it shouldn't it. be that. It shouldn't be that at all. It should actually be like, we're making a really proactive, good decision yeah. for our relationship because we care about yeah. it. I want to be with you. Therefore, I'm doing couples therapy. Yeah. yeah. Next time I get into a relationship, mm-hmm. hands down, I'm going to do couples therapy if I can persuade that. It really, it really helped. It. <laughs> it really helped Thomas and I doing couples therapy. Yeah. It wasn't the best couples therapy that we had back then, but <laughs> you have to get a therapist that works for you. If you're non-monogamous, don't get a monogamous therapist that doesn't understand. Get someone who understands non-monogamy or polyamory or kinky sex or fetishes or something. I would almost say that if you're getting into non-monogamy in any shape or form, therapy should be involved. Because I think non-monogamy brings things up that we, you know, we haven't been taught. Yeah. Yeah. So like we've been taught to be very possessive Mm -hmm. and very jealous Mm -hmm. and all of us have a lot of insecurities because of the way that the media and beauty standards have been. That's why I feel like if you are getting into non-monogamy, therapy seems to be a necessity. Yeah, and you can learn so much 
there's just so much good to learn. You know, read read books on non-monogamy. Yeah. Like it doesn't just have to end there with therapy. Just I, and having conversations about it, I think, with other yeah. people that you know that are non-monogamous. Just really like finding the space. Yeah. There should be support groups for non-monogamous people. I'm going to two non-monogamy poly meetups. No way. Yeah. Yeah. There's oh. one, there's one this month and there's one next month. That's cute. Right? Because I'm so sick and tired of being on the mm. dating apps and seeing all these like fake ass non-monogamous yeah. people. Or like just being really skeptical of them. You know, yeah. that's why like when we have a conversation mm. in person, I'm like, well, what does non-monogamy mean to you? How have you been non-monogamous before in the past? Yeah, because a lot of like? if see if you went on a date with me mm-hmm. and I said I was non-monogamous on my dating profile, yeah. you'd be like, "Oh, your style of non-monogamy doesn't work for me." Yes. but it would have been annoying for you because we would have already really got on. I was gonna say I've on the dating love, apps, Florence. you would have fucking fallen in love with me, I and then you. I would have. I don't want you to hurt started me. controlling you in a relationship <laughs> and I would have started pandering to your ways and not being the real person that I actually am <laughs> and I'm like no please let me be free let me go to tickle parties and, and fetish parties no. and, and have my orgies no. and fucked up every please <laughs> yeah I think you're oh, right man. non-monogamy can be beautiful but I also think it's like a real question of who you are as a person and who you're with and how you want to learn and how you see the world. Yeah. You have to be prepped. It's not fucking easy. It's not a walk in the park like, wow, I can have all these relationships and fuck loads of people. It's not that simple. The grass is always greener, especially in terms of this kind of stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like it seems super magical that you'd have like more than one person to fuck all the time. But when it comes down to it, there's a lot more like techie stuff involved. Techie, yeah, it's fucking techie. It's more the more people you sleep with, the more complicated it gets. Basically, absolutely. I learned this term called cowpoking, or being a cowgirl or a cowboy. Okay, what does that mean? So somebody comes in from saying that they are monogamous, uh-huh. comes in at being non-monogamous mm-hmm. or poly, and ends up getting involved or being in a relationship with somebody who is poly or Mm non-monogamous and then because they are inherently monogamous they end up creating rules and boundaries where the poly person ends up not really being the type of poly person or non-monogamous person they they want to be the way they described it was quite like sad and controlling where it's like almost like trapping them and do they know that they're monogamous through and through when they come in or do they just like, because I feel like a lot of people might go in and experiment and then fall in love and then like they, they get themselves into a bit of a shit situation because now they're in love with someone yeah. and they feel this jealousy. I don't think people would do this maliciously. I think it's all unintentional, but you're right. I think people go, oh my God, I love the glamorous idea of non-monogamy and polyamory. And then when yeah. it actually comes down to it, there's jealousy, there is like insecurities involved and then they hate it. But by then it's too late because they've already fallen for someone or, or got into Fuck. a relationship. Oh. So yeah, I know that one fucking hard. Why? Well, that, Can you that say? I would say that explains my last relationship. Right. Well. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So me being like, I'm non-monogamous, I'm poly. And of course, me stopping doing those things stopping going and sleeping with people that I want or having those relationships that I want because I don't want to upset or hurt somebody ends up meaning I'm people pleasing. Um, But then it's that weird ethical issue of 
I don't want to hurt this person that I'm actually romantically into. I feel like this must happen to so many people in the non-monogamous community, especially recently. Because I feel like it is a bit of like a trendy way of having relationships at the moment. Uh, Everyone's hopping on it. Everyone's like, it's the evolution of monogamy. Right. But we're all still very much... We've all really grown up from a place of monogamy still. Mm -hmm. So I think we still have very deep-seated, learnt behaviours from monogamy. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy for for many people to be non-monogamous. Absolutely. There's so many things to consider. You know, how you feel about yourself, where your confidence is, where the trust is, what your past has been like. I guess that's the thing as well, because when we're giving advice about non-monogamy, we're mm. always saying you've got to be so secure with yourself yeah. to have that sort of relationship. Yes. But we don't stay secure with ourselves no. just through and through. There's always ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out whether non-monogamy can Is work for you, for you yeah. when you're in the down parts as yeah. well as the up parts, mm-hmm. because maybe one day you'll be so fine with your partner sleeping with other people. Yep. But then other days you won't be. And you then have to find this balance in your relationship for that to work out. Yeah. I think if you're somebody who doesn't get jealous, because it's ego death. Someone was saying it's all about ego, right? It's about like possession. Uh, it can be about possession of mm. like, yeah, but I have you in your mind and I don't want to share you. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like a lot of people are seeing non-monogamy as kink now as like I am oh I'm kinky I want to have threesomes I want to have like I want to do loads I want to go to sex parties right I think the 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 lines are really blurred you know we use that the dating app field and I'm seeing so many people that says like ENM ethical non-monogamy I'm poly and I'm still just like are you saying that because you are actually Mm. into non-monogamy and poly or are you just saying that because maybe you've got commitment issues and you don't want to fall into a relationship or maybe you don't want to get hurt if you fall into a relationship you might get your heart broken so keeping people at arm's length and having multiple partners is an easier way to do that than actually fucking facing your fears i think a lot of people with commitment issues go into non-monogamy yeah i think the only way that you can successfully be non-monogamous is if that place comes from a place of love if you are genuinely happy about your partner being happy with other people, whether or not that's like short-term fucks or whether or not that's long-term relationships, it has to be full of love. You have to want to actively be there for your partner through that journey and enjoy watching them, you know, compersion, like actually loving the fact that they love other people. And I feel like, I don't know yet, I feel like that's where I'm coming from, that I feel like that I've been like that since I was young. Like, I love the idea of my partner who I'm in love with falling in love with another person. But of course, that's an idea and a theory. When I get there, it might not be so simple. In practice, yeah, it might not be. Yeah. But it might be mm-hmm. as well. I feel like you've known this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I think you're coming from a good ground to say these things on. <laughs> but I do think a lot of us go into it thinking, yes, that'll be fine for me. And it just really isn't. Yeah, thank I'm you for to think, saying that. I'm trying to think if I would... Because I've I've definitely been more in like the non-monogamy kind of strain of thinking about relationships. Because mm-hmm. I have this thing recently where I just feel like if I'm in a relationship, I'd just be a bit trapped. Yeah. And I don't know whether that yeah, comes is that, from is that fear, a or fear love? of commitment. Yeah. Or like, is it just that I want more space and freedom to explore? Yeah. I'm terrified of getting into a relationship mm-hmm. with a man. 
and not being able to fully experience my queerness with yeah. women. It's a terrifying thought. It's a, like it's a horrible thought. Mm. And it, I'm not here to make anyone who wants to try non-monogamy or, or is non-monogamous feel bad because you don't know unless you try. You don't, you can't be like, yeah, I, I, I want to do these things unless you actually go into it and give it a go and see where your feelings of jealousy are or see where your insecurities lie or see how you actually feel with another partner. You, you cannot know without trying, but it's actually learning and figuring that out in the process. Like you've got to make those mistakes and you have to almost hurt yourself and other people to figure that out. And that's really hard. Yeah. But terrifying and also exciting at the same time yeah I feel like if you know that you're a jealous person then you have to come into non-monogamy in a completely different way in a way that's like okay I accept my jealousy and I'm going to talk about it as much as possible and I'm mm. going to work on it mm -hmm. you can have all these negative feelings around non-monogamy as long as you're working on yourself yeah. you know speaking to other people listening to podcasts learning about it on YouTube talking to a therapist and the right therapist that isn't going to judge you for that type of lifestyle but doing nothing and just getting upset that your partner is maybe flirting with other people or sleeping with other people or falling for, for another person is just going to hurt you both. I guess that's the situation you found yourself in. Yeah. And it really sucked. Yeah. And you know Multiple what? I think times I, I think found that's, myself in this situation. Yeah. You know, when, when we had that conversation and I said, it felt like your partner had been dimming your light and that you yes. lost that. That was a big part of it, I think. Yeah. It was the fact that you have so much enthusiasm mm. for that way of life mm -hmm. and you weren't able to live it. It was controlling. Yeah, it, well, it ended up being accidentally controlling and not because he was controlling me, but because I allowed it. Because yeah. if he said, no, I'm not really sure about this, don't do this kind of thing, then I said, of course, yeah, I don't want to hurt you. Well, and if you fall in love with someone, you kind of, you, you want to make them happy right? and yeah. you, you don't want to upset them mm -hmm. and you make compromises, compromises yeah. in the relationship. But there's mm -hmm. only so much you can compromise with. Yeah. And I felt like I sacrificed a lot, a lot of who I am. And it did me dirty. Yeah. You know, I went, went through like months of being more depressed and anxious because I just felt so contained and felt like the real me, the real authentic me who just wants to fall in love and fuck everyone and everyone be in a big, beautiful commune thing. I, I couldn't have that. And I felt like a bad person because it was hurting my partner. And that is really sad. I guess it's up to you now to choose partners that actually fit with what you want. Yeah. Because I think that's a lot of what happens in relationships at the beginning because you kind of it's like the chemical attraction mm -hmm. and the fantasy and like you often get into relationships where everyone not not talking about you in particular mm -hmm. but people get into relationships where they fall in love with the potential of someone yeah. rather than the actual person mm -hmm. that's in front of them and we need to hear what people are saying to us from the very beginning from the very if someone's saying that they're not into that then they're not suddenly going to be into it in the future. Yeah. You can't mold them to your lifestyle and you can't change either. Your desires aren't going to change mm -hmm. if that's something you deeply, deeply want and desire. So yeah. you need to, it's like all about setting your boundaries at the beginning. Boundaries and also if I come to a situation, then really choosing what path I take. If someone's not happy with it, then I, I almost have to be like, look, this is me and this is who I am. And we're going to have to try it and see where we're at. Otherwise, I'm going to start dimming my light again. And I, I can't do that. And it's, yeah. 
it's, it's so hard. It's so easy. I was just about on. to say it's so easy when you're falling for someone and you mm-hmm. think like they're this perfect person mm-hmm. and you want them to be that person that yeah. you want to be in a relationship with because yes. everything else is is amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's rare to find someone that you really click with. So on top of my fucking ridiculous list of like having a tickle fetish and into bondage and like this, this and this. And it's like, oh, my pool of people are very small. This list is getting very long and tight. tight. But I I do believe I can find that. You know, there are there we've got fucking what, like nearly nine billion people on the goddamn planet. I can find people that feel the same way that I do, that are almost so excited for your partner to fall in love with somebody and feel yeah. feeling that love through them. Yeah. I know it's out there, but it's exhausting trying to find that and also not hurting people in the process as well. But you're right, it's the boundaries first. That's why it's on my goddamn dating profile. Everything I need, everything that I want, and I'm not going to fuck around with people. It's almost like I need to see what their jealousy tendencies are like and how they approach other people, how they react to other people. Because even people that say they don't get jealous might not even recognize it as jealousy or it might just be jealousy with True. me who knows like we all react differently with different partners because we learn their behaviors and we learn their anxieties mm. so to round up what kind of advice can we give to people who are monogamous that want to be non-monogamous or want to try non-monogamy just start having conversations about it i think that would be the main thing mm-hmm. I would, the research listening to as much stuff as you can get yeah. the books yeah. having these conversations can be quite hard especially if you've not been taught or encouraged to have these conversations like yeah. many people haven't learning how to communicate is extremely helpful i'm reading this book at the moment which i'm really struggling with called how to listen validate and fuck i can't even remember the title had to, it's got listen and validate in the title, but it has blown my mind with how to communicate properly. That sounds cool. Yeah. And yeah. that that has really helped me in a lot of Oh God, that would chats. really fucking help in non-monogamous yeah. relationships. Right. And finding your community, because if yes. you are surrounded by monogamous people, they will not understand and they, they might judge you. And those judgments can actually impact your relationships mm-hmm. and how you feel. I would say you don't have to feel the need to come out as non-monogamous. Yes. I think a lot of people think that, oh shit, like I'll have to tell my family and I'll have to do this. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe it will get to a point where you will talk to your friends and family about it, but don't put that pressure on yourself no. because I think that just it causes a lot of like weird shame. Yeah, I, it should just be part of the conversation. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my girlfriend and my boyfriend, you know, yeah. like ease it in like that. It doesn't have to be <sighs> mom and dad. I am non-monogamous. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to bring home my girlfriend and my boyfriend and to have, meet you. I have, I have multiple children, too many, too many for you to handle. <laughs> Most people's parents aren't going to understand. Yeah. Let's just put that out That's there. Okay. Most of them they aren't. Do they're not, not from this generation that, you know, accepts that kind of stuff. And if they do, then that's beautiful. It's fucking amazing. And it's the same with your friends. They they might not understand too. And I think a lot of it gets hit with if you have a problem, then they're going to instantly be like, well, it's because of the monogamy. And that's not fair. Oh my either. God. I've had so many people say to me, like when they're just like, yeah, I just, you know, I just haven't really seen any non-monogamous relationships work. Oh, you? And they're like, please off. give me examples. And I'm like, yes, this person I know, this person I know. They're like, uh, oh, okay. And also... Like what's your what's your definition of a successful relationship? I have seen way more monogamous relationships be unsuccessful in quotation yeah. marks than than 
it's just it's just relationships. Any relationship is successful. Yeah, if they you learn are, something from they it. They are all successful. I love that. Great takeaway, Florence. Yeah, all of them are successful. Yeah. Whether or not it just means you break your heart and learn something. Yeah, or you end up having kids and shit happens. Yeah, I don't know what that shit would be, but I don't know. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. We should probably round this up before we talk. Forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. And of course, if you have any questions about non-monogamy, send them through to our Instagram. We would yes. love to hear them, maybe put them on another episode. and Join our Facebook group so that you can connect oh. with other non-monogamous, like-minded people. Yeah, there's a couple of people on the Facebook group that actually go to sex parties together. They have like a little Come Curious meetup. And we love them for that. So oh my lovely. God, so like-minded cool. people. We've got over 1,100 people in this Facebook group now. Yeah, worldwide. And it's growing. It's going to be growing. Might even be more people by now. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at ComeCurious and our personal accounts, ReedAmberX and Florence Bark. Also, get yourself on field if you want to try non-monogamy. That's probably the best dating app for it. Hinge is getting there. Yeah. Hinge is getting there. Not sponsored. No, not sponsored. Hinge has a little non-monogamy setting now. Does it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, after I fucking called them out for basically being like, I'm wow. looking for friends with benefits. And they were like, get off our app. This is a warning. That is so cool. Okay, yeah. go off Hinge. Yeah. And if you didn't listen to me earlier, please rate <laughs> and review this podcast because it helps get this little podcast into more people's ears. Yes, yeah. And we're really sorry if you've been a YouTube follower and you've followed this episode all the way to the end. We really appreciate you making the effort to come over here. It means a lot to us. Yes. And until next time... See you next Thursday, Curious Fuckers. See you next Thursday. Bye. Bye.